We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the Film Show. You're listening to Unscripted the Film Show. You can't handle the truth! Man, I'm walking here! I'm walking here! Here's Johnny! You're gonna need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Wanna hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome, Unscriptonites, to another show of uh, Unscripted, the film show with Lewis, Rachel and not Cecilia. <laughs> uh, I can't remember. Honestly, she told me last week what she was doing, but that was I've slept since then, so I don't remember. Fair enough. Yeah. That's it. But that's I'm sure okay. whatever she's doing is important and uh, hopefully it's enjoyable. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. I'm sure. I'm sure. I was. Well, I'm not sure. Is She could be working for all I know, but... Anyway, that's all right. We're here. I've got a couple of movies to talk about um, and you also have a movie to talk about. But I do. I'm, re- I'm re-reviewing a movie, which yeah. is not something we usually do. Because it was you reviewed it very early and people have <laughs> maybe forgotten. Well, I reviewed it very early and I apologise if people were excited to go and see the film over a month ago. <laughs> I, thought, I honestly thought that uh, Dumb Money was coming out the week... I saw it. To be honest, I thought it was too. Yeah. So and, and yep. so I just went. I have all oh, the crack. I'll review it. I think it was a week where we didn't have much review, so I was like happy to have something <laughs> to review. Uh, I reviewed it, and then I found out no, it doesn't come out for another month to six weeks. And so I think it's uh, yeah, it's going to be time to have a, another shot at doing that one. Yeah, sounds yeah. good. I'm interested to hear the review because I missed it. Um, I wanted to see that movie. It looked good, and uh, it was. Uh, it's about recent history, mm. I guess. So, yeah. But shall we start off with some sad news? Yes, let's start off with some sad news. Because that's how we like to roll here. Mm. We bring you down so that we can build you back up. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Um, well, one of the things that's been like a, a part of my summer, like I truly, like I don't think summer began until I went to this this place. And then I went, ah, yes, now summer has begun. Yeah, the opening was always kind of the the indication to us that it was, yeah, it was summer, man, yeah. summer baby. So, uh, like, I, I don't know, like I can't remember. I've been doing this show now for. 20-something years. Mm. I'm not sure if I was going to a Camelot in Mosman Park, um, you know, prior to, you know, obviously starting the show. I don't think I did. Uh, but I'm pretty sure out of the 23 years that Camelot has been uh, running and, and run by Lunar Cinemas, pretty sure I saw the majority of them. Mm. Um, and Camelot is uh, an absolutely fantastic outdoor cinema uh, in Mosman Park. Um, it's got like these big walls on uh, around the, the the place, and you know it's got this uh, you know uh, a pizza place and a and a sushi place uh, up the road there, um, and you can buy drinks and there's be- there's just like oh it's just great it's really. <laughs> Really, really good and really, really enjoyable. Um, every year on Christmas Eve, they'd be playing um, Love Actually. Uh, you know, it was just, it was a tradition. I was you know, just it, about to say, it was a tradition. Yeah, it's tradition. And thousands and thousands and thousands of people would go to Camelot every summer and they would enjoy, uh, you know, new films. They'd enjoy, you know, films from days gone by. Um, it was great. Film festivals. Yep. Yeah, especially the shorts. Uh, The short film festivals would happen with all the short funny films and the short Australian films and the... The the over defence mm. stuff and yeah and then and then Luna would uh, you know if there was a, a certain theme they might theme the night and bring a certain band in mm. or have certain food and it was really great a really great place uh, but thanks to three people three people making a complaint to the uh, the, the, the council 
um, the uh, this year's uh, season of uh, Luna of Moz, uh, Camelot um, has been cancelled and it can't go ahead. So I'm going to play devil's advocate. How long have they been? I haven't seen the actual piece of news. Mm-hmm. So I wonder whether this has been a long time coming and whether there's been um, complaints for many, 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 many years and they just can't continue on because of the complaints or? Well, I'm not sure like, um, you know, if this is a, you know, because as I said, 23 years it's been running for. Mm. Um I'm not sure if these people have been living there for 23 years and it's always been something that annoys them or if these are new people who have just moved in and gone, oh, hang on, Tick, in the summertime there's movies happening mm. and there's some noise. I don't like noise, so I'm going to complain. Um, and I don't know. I honestly don't know. But uh, usually these kind of things are more people move in uh, to a place that's got an established kind of thing and then they complain about it and then established thing gets shut down. So if that's the case, that's that's a pity because it has been going on for a long mm. time and if you're wanting to purchase a home, become aware of what's around there before you go and buy the property um, and then find out that there's a outdoor cinema across the road yeah um do your research first i guess is what i'm saying you rich rich (laughs) people who just flash their money around without thinking it's just it's just annoying that like you know as i said thousands and thousands and thousands of people have enjoyed this you know probably like hundreds of thousands of people over the 23 years that's been running Mm. and three people have put a stop to it to be fair I could not live across the road from there because I already struggle to sleep and if I was across the road from there or I'm assuming it's people who are nearby, so maybe across the road, um, I would struggle and it would just make me angrier every day that I couldn't fall asleep. But that's the thing. I probably wouldn't have purchased the home in the first place because I like to do my research, Mm. but I understand why they're annoyed. But that's the thing. It's like it's not a thing where it's going to be uh, going all night long. It's a movie. Yeah, but it goes until 10 o'clock or something at least and then you've got all the people coming out. So I, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I'm not on anybody's side. Um, I'm just saying if it was me, I would also find it annoying. However, again, I would be interested to know how long these complaints have been going on um, whether it's always been something that those people have complained about and the council have decided finally to do something. Um, but, I mean, financially, <coughs> how does it benefit the council to close something like that? Oh, it really doesn't. Like, because yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, their ratepayers are just not paying like the same amount of money that the Camelot would be paying the council to, to be there, surely. You would think. You'd so, think, how well, does yeah. this make any fiscal sense at all? It, 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 I don't know. Maybe, I, I don't know. Uh, but the thing is, is that they're complaining about the sound now. When that uh, sound system was <coughs> put in place in into Camelot, that was very old school kind of technology. Mm. And nowadays, you've got like a much much better sound systems you can put in place that kind of like give you more of a kind of a sound bubble, the, the sound's more directional. Um, instead of just being like noise, it kind of like spills out. It's more directional. So the uh, what the um, Luna's looking at doing is, you know, getting a better sound system in there mm-hmm. that makes sure that the, the sound kind of like gets more contained within those walls of, mm. uh, of Camelot. Now, if they do that, there should be absolutely no reason why these three, uh, three residents... Wouldn't be satisfied with it and would would, would uh, still complain. But I suppose the thing is the council have let it through. I think it's going to be very, very hard for Camelot to successfully come back from it because once they've said nay to something, are they allowed to say yay again? Yeah, yeah, because the thing is the complaint is about the sound. Mm. So as long as they can control the sound and if you're like, you know, Outside the uh, outside Camelot, and then the sound isn't like blasting out of there. Mm. It sounds at a reasonable level. Then there's no reason why they should allow them back into into Camelot. I wonder whether they'll have to put certain restrictions in place about what they play, so that you can't have any movies that are going to exceed 
10 o'clock at night or something. Because what's the, I don't know what the timeline is for Be Quiet, it's a weekday. Is there a time limit for Be Quiet? Because I know on the weekends it's like, it's midnight. I know you're having a thrasher of a party, but mate, um, I want to get some sleep. Mm, mm. So I'm trying to figure out what time that time frame that is and I know in some areas you have to accept the fact like if you live near Fremantle and near one of those hotels or whatever there's certain time limits where things have to quieten down by like 11 o'clock or something like that um so I'm interested to find out what those kind of time limits are I would love for Camelot to be back again Mm. um but yeah it's uh, I'm assuming they will find a solution because I'm sure this is not the first time in history that an outdoor cinema has been quashed. Yes, yeah. I, mean, I, I think uh, hopefully they do, do find that and hopefully these uh, people who uh, have such issues with noise uh, don't find something else to complain about. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure they will just say, oh, the people who leave keep leaving rubbish everywhere and then, yeah, they'll just find something. People, yeah. people be petty. Oh, it's just it's it's just it's just frustrating. I mean, like I, I would love to live you know, across the road from an outdoor cinema and be able. I would to just, hate it. Just be able to like go. Oh, they're playing this tonight. Let's go watch that. It'd be I, great. Honestly, I would like to live a five minute walk from one, but not across the road. Come on, pe- people are uh, like you know um, you know the people that they are rich. You know they they can afford to have like you know posh double glazing. Hell, they can have triple glazing. You know, they could they could well, they could have like laser all up and and have soundproofed houses. I'm you would assume so, yeah. hey. And also, um, I don't know. Some of these houses are pretty old. Maybe they're not able to do uh, like proper stuff, like in what do you call it insulation? Maybe they've they've got old school insulation and stuff like that. But like I said, if you've made a choice to buy a house. Do your freaking research first. It's been there for 23 years. So unless these residents have been there for longer than 23 years, mm. um, I just – I'm not friends with them. I don't like them. Yeah. I was playing devil's advocate. I was. But somebody has to. <laughs> yeah, but it's very, very sad. Hopefully uh, that Luna can update that uh, sound system and hopefully that Camelot will come back uh, next year like, you know, like a sword coming out of the water. <laughs> Coming out of the water, or a, a phoenix coming out of the fire. Yeah, because Camelot, like that was the whole English. Oh, yeah, yeah, that and makes more sense. Like the sword, mm-hmm. I will be the king because I pulled the sword out of a stone. Not out of water though. No, 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 Where did the water come from? Because they threw the sword in the water. Right. And then the lady in the lake kind of like took the sword back and went, "Here, no, no, you are the king of England. Have it back." Oh, what happened? What was the stone about then? Uh, just okay. Let me figure it out. King Arthur. Okay, you. Why don't we go to an ad? I feel like we should go to an I'll, ad. I'll figure we'll, this out. I'll tell we'll, a story. We'll when go, go play yeah. a couple of sponsors. We'll do some research that people probably are already aware of, um, and and we'll be back. Not to tell you, we're not. We'll keep it to ourselves. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So. Yeah, so did, did you Google? So you pull, Arthur pulled a sword out of a stone. At some point it got thrown into a lake and then the lady handed it back to him. I don't know. That's, that's like uh, a really, really short summary of it. Well. Uh, there's been lots of movies made about it. Go <laughs> watch out. one of the 15 movies that's yeah. made. It's probably more than that, surely. Hmm. I, I, I imagine so. Hey, before, before we move on to, mm. to movies and things like that, I had a weird thing, not driving in here, but driving my way home uh, from uh, from work. Um, I, I was just I was driving up the Leach Highway, and I was going over the bridge that goes over the Albany Highway, and and there was a car with a, with a gentleman there, um, and uh, and his car was stopped, and he was out of the car. Um, and he was whizzing on the back tire of his car. Now I know, I believe that's a law that you can, you can, uh, you know. There's a law to. that you can whiz on your tire. I believe on the on the rear passenger side tire, you're allowed to whiz on that tire and and not be, uh, you know, busted for public urination. Really? Like I will, I will again. I will um, uh, Google. I this. feel like that can't be accurate because I feel like if you take your PP out in public, it's always against the law. Well, that was the thing I found odd. Right now, uh, if if the law is that you can wear on your rear passenger tire, um, 
then that's one thing. But uh, he was facing the oncoming traffic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Now... Oh. It would like if you if you're gonna be doing that kind of thing, do it where the offending body part isn't going to be seen by hundreds of people, possibly thousands, depending on what the traffic's like. Children, children, even. Yeah. So that was that was uh, that was very odd. It was a very odd experience. I don't, you know, that's the whole whizzing on the tire thing. I think it's more of a country kind of thing and not a metropolitan area kind of thing. I also feel like it's not a law at all. Um, do we have any lawyers listening? <laughs> Anyone familiar with wee-wee laws? <laughs> um, that's crazy. I, that's so funny. I saw someone recently peeing next to his car on my way back from somewhere as well and I was like, well, he was completely covered and but it was still, it was really relatively residential and I'm like, well, I guess if you're desperate. So, ladies, we don't have that option no, unless we no. get ourselves a she-wee. Right, okay. Apparently it's not legal to wee on your car, so um, so maybe it's a, it's a, maybe it's a old wives' tale. This guy just took a little bit too far. <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe he thought it was going to make the tyres last longer. I, I, I'm not the acid sure. or something. Um, yeah, don't take medical or legal advice from us. Turns out, we know nothing. Yeah, it's a, it was just it was just a weird a weird kind of thing to to, to happen. Uh, and I, I think the guy might have been a uh, like a flasher, and he was just trying to like find a, a legal loophole to. Yes, but that's not legal. Turns out, uh, why, why do, NRMA uh, insurance it says. Uh, if a urinal is not ready available, it is legal to urinate on the rear left tyre of your vehicle. If you're busting, there's an old law that supposedly allows you to pull over and take a wee, uh, but take <laughs> note only specifically on the rear left tyre. This road rule is said to be uh, for everywhere in Australia. However, public urination is also considered to be an offence. Tempting as it may be, we're betting it's the best bet not to test it. Look for a loo instead. And just out of interest, if you oh, are... Bush, yeah, not a freaking middle-of-the-road yeah, situation. If you, if you are in that area, um, if you go to Kent Street Weir, there's a toilet there. Um, <laughs> if, you go, if you go down to the, the... Yeah, but then they've got to think about the yeah. Weir the whole time yeah. they're driving. If you go down to Little Riverton Bridge, uh, there's Low Key that's there and uh, there's a public toilet there as well. Um, if you want to... There's McDonald's or Hungry Jack's. Uh, most service stations have toilets. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I'm yes, just there saying, are places. I'm just saying metropolitan area, we don't need to go bushways. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think you can try and find something appropriate. Yeah, yeah. And mm-hmm. and, and for goodness sake, if, you, if you're desperate, if you're busting, um, turn away from oncoming traffic. <laughs> That's not that's not a hard rule. Don't show people your PP. <laughs> Unless just, they have given consent. Yeah, None of those people no. in the cars had given any consent. I did not consent. No. D- no. no. Your eyeballs, your brain did not consent to that view. It wasn't even impressive. <laughs> well, normally at that stage it's not. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on. Um I'm going to talk about a what I I might cover a movie first. Mm-hmm. Um I um, don't know which one yet. Oh, I know. So I watched a movie called The Dive. It's not out until next week, but, you know, some people may be listening to the podcast um, later on in the week and therefore this becomes appropriate for them. So The Dive is a really low-key um indie-type film. It's only got two characters in it. Uh, you've got... Louisa Krauss and Sophie uh, Lowe uh, playing sisters, so May and Drew. And these two sisters are keen divers, you know, with the mm-hmm. whole the tanks and the – I mean, you could probably figure that out from the title, The Dive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and, could, could be about a really crappy pub. Oh, this is true. Yeah. This is true. Um, no, it's not about a crappy pub. Right, fair enough. But they do have a crappy time. Yeah. Um, so these two sisters decide to go for a, a dive in a relatively um, 
secluded area, I guess you could say. And I, I guess my only advice is don't don't go for a secluded area where you think you're going to be all by yourself if you're diving. Did these um, people not see that movie where um, uh, What's-His-Face got his hand stuck in a rock? It's like, don't do stupid things alone. Yeah, it's funny you should bring up rocks. Um, so these sisters who, at the start of this movie, there's clearly something that's gone on in the background that you're not privy to. One of the sisters is all upbeat and the other one's clearly not in a good place mentally, but they've gone on this trip to do this dive, which happens annually. Uh, they pick a beach, they do it, and, you know, they um, come upon, well, they've obviously done their research and they have to kind of climb down this cliff face to get down to the dive area. So already not a good idea. Mm. It feels like it might be precarious. So they do that, they go for their dive and the reason they go there is because there's this little tiny cave that they can go into and um, take their, I don't I want to say helmets, but I'm sure that's not what they're called. <laughs> they're, they're things that are on their head. Masks, a face mask, breathe. like yeah. a, a breathing apparatus. Yes. Um, I don't know, it's respirator. <laughs> resp- yeah, something. Anyway, the thing that helps them breathe, they can take it off for a moment and go, ooh, ah. This is nice. Um, so they, they find this off hmm? when they're underwater. Yeah, so they've gone underwater, yeah. and in some places there will be like these little cave areas that mm. you can go oh, into. God, that's so stupid. Oh, sorry. Honestly, I, I, I apologize. If, no, like, no. If I'm offending any divers and stuff like that, I apologize. It's just like, oh, look, some people are into those risky things. I would never in my lifetime do this, and even when I was, I so I got sent this email and. Um, I watched the trailer and I thought that looks really interesting and I'm sure it's going to make me have a panic attack, but I'm going to watch it anyway. I, I'm, I'm glad you did, yes. Because <laughs> I have an aversion to underwater things. I get really frightened. Um, I've had two experiences in my life where I almost drowned. So I don't know, it makes, I can't even watch that City Slickers scene where the cow is like, almost going to be drowned in the water when they're crossing the little tiny calf. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Billy Crystal's trying to bring the calf across and then he eventually brings the calf home and it becomes their pet. <laughs> Sorry if I just spoiled a movie that's like 25 years old. Um, Bryce can't watch it either. It's too upsetting. It makes him cry. But anyway, um, But no, yeah. I, I understand your, your, your pain. I... Uh, not a big fan of uh, open bodies of water when you're in it. If, you, if mm-hmm. you're in a boat, it's fine. But if you're in the water, yeah. it's not fine. Uh, and when I was younger, I uh, had a mate who had a boat and we, we went out uh, into the ocean and uh, him and him and his mate were like, you know, we went for a bit of a swim in the water and uh, um, and then there was some like corally bits and they were like diving through these holes in the coral. I was going, that's really stupid because if you get caught, you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they did that. And uh, you had to swim from the boat to where this corally bit was. And it was a big expanse of nothing in between the boat and the corally stuff. And swimming back to the boat, all I could hear in my head was, turn it, turn it, turn it. <laughs> it's just like me and uh, open bodies of water, not good. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan. So, yeah. and then the idea of having to wear this thing on your head and then trying to operate your breathing thing like, I just I can't even talk about it. It makes me panic just talking mm. about it. But anyway, so this movie was great for me. Um, but what happens is they're doing their dive. They've gone and visited the cave and they've popped out. They're ready to sort of go back up because, you know, their air's running out. That tells you another thing is probably definitely bad going to happen. Uh, it, there's all these signposts along the way that you're like, well, obviously something terrible is going to happen because they're running out of air. They've parked somewhere that's on a cliff. Nobody else is around. I mean, it's just guaranteed to be a bad idea. Um, and because it's on the cor- the cliff, there's some kind of rock fall. That, and so all the, those rocks fall into the ocean and pins one of the sisters down and they can't move it and there's not a lot of air left. And so one of the sisters basically has to go back up, try and get the spare um, air thing, try mm. to get her um, some help by calling people. And But, I mean, as all of these movies go, like they have to ratchet up the tension and um, they do it very, very well. The whole time... 
um, one of the sisters, the, the sister that's trapped May, when she's underwater the whole time, they, there's these little flashbacks and you're never quite too sure where she's flashing mm. back to, but you know there's something there that is traumatic for her and is probably why she's not in a great mental health place. Um, it's a really well done film. There's only, there's a, not a lot to it and I think some people might get bored or think this is a bit predictable um, and it does have elements of like, well, you know something bad's going to happen and you know this is probably going to happen and there is predictability there but I think it is still interesting to watch um, and I kind of liked, I'm not going to give away the ending, but I like where they chose to end the film um, and I think there's a certain amount of bravery in ending a film in a particular place. Mm-hmm. So because, you know, most movies they want to wrap everything up, um, but this one doesn't quite wrap everything up. So I, I like that about it. Um, so The Dive, which is out next week, I am going to give it um, three and a half uh Octopus, octopi. <laughs> octopi. Okay, very nice. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the animals. They called the little thing they stick oh, in their mouth an octopus. Damn it. I, was, I had this vision in my mind that like in the climax of the film, this octopus just like rocks up and starts tossing the rocks away and going, don't worry, I'll save you. I don't know why <laughs> he sounds like a character from South Park. but. <laughs> Um, no, I like that version. That version's yeah. fun. Um, but no, they called the little thing that you put in your mouth an octopus. Mm. I'm like, oh, I've never heard that before because I'm not involved in anything that has to do with diving because yikes. I, I would have called it gillyweed myself. <laughs> I'm a nerd. Yes, you are. I um, we, we went to Thailand for our honeymoon and we went on like one of those little... You went in Taiwan on? Taiwan. Yeah, it means to get drunk. Tie oh, I definitely did that one night. Oh. I got very drunk and annoying and, and Chris was very annoyed with me. Um, but because I was annoying, I was <laughs> genuinely annoying. No, I had a point there. We went on a boat and the yeah. whole idea of going on the boat ride, which was fantastic, was at one point everyone gets off the boat and they have the snorkel and the, you know, the, the thing that you don't go all the way down mm. in, in the water to use. And Chris was like, for sure, like, no, there's no way Rach is going to do this. And I literally jumped in. It's like, okay, I, I've, I've done it now. And then hop back in the boat. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, we're not friends, me and open water. Although the um those those masks where you got the face mask mm. and you got the snorkel thing coming out that the top. freaks me out, man. I'm it's, like, what if I accidentally go underwater and then all the water goes in and then what do I do? And they're like, oh, you blow the water out. I'm like, nah, it's just too scary. Do you remember the the, the snorks though? The, the, yes, the cartoon. That, that's what they look like. The snorks, like the the yeah. That I, I imagine the snorks have come from snorkels. But no, I'm just saying, like the the snorks were just these creatures which had the snork out of their heads. But these masks where the snork comes out the top of it, they look like the the snorks. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking maybe they were influenced by the snorks and not the other way around. You think? Yeah, I reckon snorkels have been around but longer no, than the snorks. The, the snorkels before always just this like U shape, uh, this J shape thing that you'd have the thing in your mouth, and then the other thing would come up like that. Yeah, inside. but they've got these masks oh. where they've actually got to come out the top. I have seen those. Yeah. I have not used them. Mm. Well, neither have I. So yeah, <laughs> we're in the same we're in the same boat there because we don't want to get in the water. Yeah, both of my cousins have got those like full on diving licenses where they've gone on so many dives they can, you know, do those big ass mm. things. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Very, very true. Very true. But now, anyway, um, before we go to the, uh, the ad, just a yes. quick reminder: uh, Over the Fence Comedy Film Festival is going to be playing at the Backlot on Thursday, the 9th of November, uh, Friday the 10th, Saturday the 11th, and Sunday the 12th. They're doing an early sh- showing of it. Uh, so, if you want to go and see some of the best short comedy films of 2023, go and check that out. I will put the link onto our Facebook page. Awesome source. Let's go to a couple of um, sponsors. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. I was trying to remember where I knew Sophie Lowe from. She's an Australian actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the one of the ladies that was in The Dive. She's been in plenty of stuff, but I remember her most um, as a character from The Slap. Did you ever watch that? I do not believe I did. It was based on a book by... Um, 
oh, Christos, yep, going to forget his name, but it was a very, very, very famous popular uh, book called The Slap and it was basically about this um, party of friends that happens to have like a big, big old barbecue, one kid is being particularly annoying and somebody who did not his parents slaps him on the face and then that is the crux of where the entire story comes from and then multiple. there's like eight episodes and they're all kind of from different elements of different kid? families. He's like five. Oh, right. Um, yeah, don't slap my child. The kid was really annoying, <laughs> super annoying, but... Um, don't slap somebody else's kid. Oh, it's just, it's just frustrating. Though, Don't slap it? your own kid, but still. <laughs> you start behaving yourself or I'll slap my kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, and you'll be at fault. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's it's very good. I'm sure you can still to, find it somewhere. It's Australian. Yeah, what do they used to call that? There was a... Um, oh, there was there's a term for apparently like you know princes and stuff like that they 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 wouldn't they wouldn't want to punish the the, the prince so the, or the princess I'm assuming it's prince princess has never done anything wrong um, <laughs> I, I'm assuming it's a, the, the the prince and and uh, they'd have a, uh, a a a boy like the prince's friend and if the prince did something wrong they'd they'd beat the boy there was a name for that and I can't remember what it is um, evil no try just Google that um, all right well you yeah, well yep. I, I review this film so oh and by the way. Um, um, as we said before, like the whole peeing on your back tire thing, don't try it because chances are, it's not real. <laughs> it's it's, it's I, an offence. I think I think it might have been a, a law at some point in time, but it's one of those things where don't don't try it on because because you'll you'll lose out in the end, um, and you'll have to pay a fine. This is the only legal advice we're ever going to give yeah, you. Don't don't uh, don't pee on your back tire because you'll get. Uh, don't pee in public. No, no no don't don't do that. There's plenty in the in the metro area. Plenty in the metro of area, find somewhere. Yeah. Um, now, dumb money. Is a film I saw uh, a, a while back, so forgive me if I forget how it goes. <laughs> um, but no, Dumb Money is a, a story about uh, a David and Goliath tale. Um, where you know, with stop- whipping boy, whipping boy, that was a term I was looking for. So, was I right? Is that a whipping boy was a boy educated alongside a prince in early modern Europe who supposedly received? I'm going to have to press the button now to get the rest of the information. Who supposedly received corporal punishment for the prince's transgressions is in his presence. So there, there you go. So um, uh, whipping boys was was a thing, um, and so that that's a thing. Like if there is a kid misbehaving, um, then obviously it's like you can't hit the kid, but then you got to say like you behave yourself, otherwise I'll do something to this thing, like a teddy bear or something. Can I'm going to tear the teddy bear's te- te- head off. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. I'm so glad you don't have children. <laughs> you and me, you and me both. You and me both. I mean, I'm even like at the moment, I'm not, I, I don't ever foresee myself not having animals, but at the moment um, we had some work done on the house mm. and it was just easier to not have the animals in the house. So they're being looked after by the by parental units. Um, and uh, it is like one of those things, which is the, the lovely thing is being able to get up in the middle of the night uh, or early in the morning, uh, walk from my bedroom to the, the toilet um, and know beyond a shadow of a doubt I'm not going to step in anything. Uh, it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice. It's like it's mm. just one of those things where you kind of you take for granted, uh, you know, when uh, when you don't have uh, you know animals, but when you do have animals, you just got to be be careful because you could be stepping on any number of fluids or solids. Oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm I'm glad that doesn't normally happen in my house. No, no, no. So, but so, you do have an older cat. Yeah, well, it's not the cat. The cat's fine. It's, it's Robin. It, well, uh, well, that being said, it's not the cat, but the cat is a factor in the equation because uh, I think the cat beats Robin up but doesn't do it when we're there, only does it behind our backs. So when uh, when a Ghost was out of the house for a week with, uh, with Robin in the house by herself, there was no wee incidences. Do you think maybe... Um Robin is weeing because she's annoyed there's another animal in the house. I, I don't know. I mean, she wasn't no, no, there first. We, we had uh, two dogs in the house because we were looking after my parents-in-law's dog. So we had two dogs, no cat, and there were no wee incidences. Oh. But when it's uh, Robin and Ghost, so a dog and a cat, uh, 
couple times a week, there's going to be we somewhere on the floor. And so I think it is that... Ghost is a bully. Ghost might... Well, I've told Kat we need to get cameras in the house just so we can record what's going on. I want those cameras, man. Or, I mean, she's just scaring her because she looks like a ghost because she's white. But my my mum and dad are looking after ghosts at the moment and... The, the, the sad thing, I think I mentioned it last week, I think my cat likes my parents better than us mm. and it's still the case. Like I, I think she honestly likes living there more. So anyway, we'll see what happens there. But um, <laughs> getting back to the movie. <laughs> yes, we have something I, to remove. Remove? Remove, yes. Remove. Yes. So, so Dumb Money is based on a real story. This yes. really happened. So yes. in shares, like generally speaking, you, you buy shares and you might get lucky and some shares will go up and some shares will I mean, go down. we don't buy shares. Well, I, when, I, I, I buy shares. Okay, I don't buy shares. Yeah. Well, you can do, you can actually do it. There's like you know, apps now where you can buy shares and you don't need a squillion dollars to be able to do it. I'm so, too scared well, I mean, that's the thing of is, losing money. Well, shares, I don't even like buying scratchies. Yeah. Shares are one of those things where you don't uh, you know, buy into it and think you're going to make a million dollars and then sell and then or you, got, you buy them and you sit on them and eventually you know, hopefully you'll start getting you know, um, dividends and hopefully they go up in price and at some point you can sell them but they're not one of those things where you can you know, buy and sell and make, make lots of money on it um but the in this instance the um the share people the people with lots of money like millions of dollars uh sophisticated investors they call them mm-hmm. um they do this thing so with, not us no de- definitely not <laughs> us no 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 we're unsophisticated yes. investors we go i'll have 10 shares of that please <laughs> Um, yeah, so the, the, these guys, they do this thing where it's called selling short where uh, or buying short. I don't know, buying or selling? It's something to do with being short. Um, so, right <laughs> so maybe it street. is us. Yeah, maybe it is us, yeah. <laughs> um, so, but they, what they do is is they go to the, the place that sells shares and say, excuse me, mister, from place I sell shares, <laughs> I would like to borrow these shares from you today and sell them back to you on Tuesday. Now, I was actually doing a wimpy thing from Popeye, so if you pick that up, well done you. Um, now, so, so you buy the shares, right? Well, you don't actually buy the shares. You borrow the shares at today's market value, right? So you buy, the, buy them at today's market value with the promise that you're going to give those shares back at a particular time and you're hoping that in the, between the time you borrow those shares and have to give them back, the value of the shares goes down, you see, so when the value of the shares goes down, you buy the shares at a cheaper rate and you give them back to the person. So if you buy them and it costs you a hundred thousand dollars, and then uh, so if you borrow them a hundred thousand dollars and then the shares go down to eighty thousand dollars, you've just made a twenty thousand dollar profit. Make sense? No. Why? It, how? How do you get? So. So you borrow the shares. At the, the the value today, and if they go down, if they go down, so if you, you lose if money, the, no, you gain money. No, 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 no. You borrow the shares at today's value, right? Yeah. And so basically, you, you've borrowed those shares, and you're you've got like a hundred grand of shares, and then you've got to pay give those shares back. So if the value of those shares goes down, and you buy those shares for eighty thousand dollars and give them back to the person you borrowed them from, you've made twenty thousand dollars. So you, uh, I don't think you're going to be able to explain this to my little brain today. It's, it's it, okay. You know what? I don't think it matters. It, Does it matter? Well, Does it matter? Is it a big part of the movie? No, no. It's it's a really stupid thing. The, the reason you're not grasping it, the reason it took Because I'm stupid. It, it took several attempts for somebody to explain to me how it worked <laughs> is it doesn't make sense. It is right. really stupid. Um, it's dumb money. It's dumb money. So the thing is like if these people borrow these shares at a dollar – and then those shares, they go up to $2. They've got to buy the shares at $2 to give those shares back to the person they borrowed them from. And if those shares go up ah. to $3, they've got to buy them at $3 and give that, the, the shares back to the person they borrowed from. So, the so more- they're borrowing them to buy them. And if they go down in, in, in money, they make money. Yes, exactly. I got it, guys. <laughs> So, so, the, so that's the thing is, and um, in in this movie, uh, Keith Gill played by Paul Dano, and they, this is all real, as I said. He real he looks at GameStop and goes, the the value of GameStop is really undercapitalized. It should be worth more than what it is, and so he's encouraging people like dudes, like you know, there's these people that are buying GameStop shares to try to just like you know, so buying they're they're shorting so. 
These people are shorting GameStop shares, expecting the price of GameStop to go down so they can make their profit. Mm. And usually when these, these businesses go down, they get you know, bought out for you know, pennies in a dollar. And then uh, at that point, they usually get split up and mm. you know, uh, the, the business goes away. Now, he was saying like you know, GameStop is you know, an important part of you know, society. We need to have GameStop. Let's keep it there and let's all buy GameStop shares and let's push the price of GameStop up. So... GameStop in America is similar to EB Games. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So all these people start buying GameStop stop shares and promising not to sell the shares because if you have all these people buying shares, it's going to raise the value of the shares. Mm. And if you had people like jumping off and selling their shares, you get a, a glut of the shares in the market and no one wanting to buy it. So the price goes down. Right. Uh, and so, yeah, it was like, the, all these people were really like the, it was it was kind of like unionizing like everyone was in solidarity let's buy the shares let's push the price up let's screw over these people who are buying short or selling short to uh to to, to screw them over now one of the people who was um one of the short buyers or short sellers i'm not sure how it goes um is Gabe Plokin, played by Seth Rogen. Oh, see, you can't trust a person called Gabe. Yeah, and this is a, a really rich guy and, like, yeah, in the start of the movie, he's next door trying to buy this house so he can knock down and put up tennis courts and he's just going, yo, eat the rich. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, uh, yeah, so it's... Um, it's like Mosman Park all over again. I know, I know. It's just like, oh, just... The, 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 yeah, people who have too much money just are frustrating. It's kind of, it's kind of like... You don't need to have billion, million dollar houses, millions of million dollar houses. Just, just, just don't. It's you don't need ten rooms if two people are living in a place. It's just frustrating. Anyway, uh, yeah. So he is one of these kind of people. Like just like lots of money takes like great pleasure in like screwing people over, and it, it's uh, you know good when you're watching this film. It's kind of like oh, we're watching this guy fall. This is nice. Oh, this is good. Rich person getting like get the boots put to him. I like it. I like it. But the it's just weird when you're seeing the um the people because you're seeing stories for all these different people. Mm. Uh, so you've got uh, Gil, uh, uh, Keith who actually does work in finance. Uh, he's the main the main guy who's been pushing everything. Um, you got another guy who's played by Anthony Ramos, uh, who's a GameStop employee. He buys some buys some shares, um, and then you got uh, America Ferreira. She's a nurse, and she buys oh, shares yeah. as well. Yep. Um, and it's really interesting because when you they introduce these characters, they kind of like you know, give you who they are, what they do, what their net wealth is, and like you know, some of these people at the start are like you know, in negatives, kind of like in their net wealth. Yeah. Um, but you know, as the GameStop shares go up, it shows how their their wealth is increasing and but these people are just like holding the line and even though they could have cashed out and made thousands of dollars and in some cases hundreds of thousands of dollars wow um they just held the line and and you know made sure these people who were you know buying the stocks and we're going to sell short uh, we're, we're not going to be able to do that um it's a really interesting movie it the whole selling short thing though i don't think they explain that really well and mm. so for the, all the movie i was like, sitting there going how does that work i don't quite understand that it's like it kind of like feels like they need to have a you know uh kind of like uh investing for dummies tutorial at the start <laughs> oh, of it just so you could kind of grasp the concept do you remember the film the big short yeah I, yeah i feel like when i watched that i didn't understand what it was going to be about mm. and then there was one character who broke it down really 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 well and i was like okay i got it now i'm on board mm. you feel like that was missing yeah that's i think they they needed to explain it better so that uh, you're not kind of like trying to figure things out in your head as you go along mm. uh, it certainly should have been a paint by numbers kind of a, a, a film but it was really, really interesting, um, and I, the idea of like you know buying these share, borrowing these shares, and then having to pay them back at a certain time, but not knowing what you're going to be paying back, just seems like a really risky, stupid idea. Because I mean, if you buy any other shares, you're you know, if you buy $1,000 worth of shares in something and that company goes bust, you've lost $1,000. Yeah, but rich people know how to get rich because they know all the loopholes. Mm, mm. So, yeah. But, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's still – you're still taking a gamble. You're still taking yeah. – like, like, in this case, you're really taking a gamble when you're doing this short thing because it's just like if those shares go bang, 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 bang and you've got to pay – 
20 times what you bought them for in the first place, then yeah. you could lose a lot of money. Mm. So, yeah, I don't understand. I think it's just dumb. And uh, I think that's probably why they call it dumb money. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will give this uh, movie um, four cats. Meow. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, go to our final sponsor and then I will be back talking a bit of a Nazi fartsy film. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. So I've come to the final uh, review of the night and, of course, it's if it's artsy-fartsy, it's always going to be me because I love this kind of stuff. Um, Lunar Palace Cinemas and Windsor are screening uh, the, the exhibition on screen exclusive. Uh, it's Klimt and the Kiss and it is a very, very famous painting, um, I need Lewis to just confirm with me, but I think these are one of the film. I was going to do it before I came on air, but there's a very early episode of Buffy where they're in college and there's vampires that are going through the houses or like dorms and taking all of the people's. Do you remember that Buffy episode where like the vampires are going into the dorms and, and killing people and then they end up with a stack of like posters of either the Klimt's The Kiss or like a Van Gogh, like they're putting him in piles of... Nope. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? Okay. What, what, what happened here? All right. I, I was went, trying to explain. I know. I you, went away. I came back. <laughs> I was hoping you were listening as you were... <laughs> anyway. So I'm talking about the Gustav Klimt painting The right. Kiss, mm-hmm. right? Do you know of this painting? No. You do. I promise you, you do. Right, okay. Because most people do. Um, here is maybe a better picture. Oh, sorry, for those who are not, Google it. Um, yeah, yeah, it kind of looks a bit familiar. Okay, well, it's a relatively well-known and famous picture. It's sort of like um, when people think of Van Gogh, they think of the sunflowers mm. or Starry Night. This is kind of like Klimt's number one famous painting. Um you would know the film we watched a few years ago um, called The Lady in Gold, The yeah, Woman yeah. in Gold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same artist. Right, yep. Um, so I was trying to remember, this has nothing to do with the movie at all, but the Buffy episode where the vampires were coming into people's dorms and stealing whatever they had and then killing the person and then it looked like, oh, they started college oh, and they couldn't deal with yeah, it. Yeah, and then I mean, they were putting the yeah. posters of and whatever art they put in their room and they're like, oh, another climp or yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just cannot remember whether it was the kiss or if it was something else. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um but the reason I bring it up is because it's a very accessible accessible painting that a lot of people know about colloquial, mm. uh, colloquially um, through osmosis, right. I guess. Um, and I, I think people just, they know the painting but not a whole lot about the, the painter himself. Um, but this, this is uh, a painting that was done in 1907 and... Klimt was a part of what they called the succession movement um, where they were kind of moving away from the traditional style of painting just your ordinary um, um, ordinary portrait. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of involved bringing in decoration because uh, if you look at that painting, you can see it's very different to a lot of the earlier kind of art that would have been coming out because it's got gold leaf attached mm-hmm. to it and... Um, it's very pretty. He's a very, very interesting artist and that time he's Viennese. That's right, isn't it? Vienna? Viennese, yes. Um, Vienna was going through this renaissance where they were kind of getting rid of all of the, the richy rich people who were in control of everything and these newer, um, like, lower-class people, I guess, were, were coming into the streets and, and kind of... Um, How'd they get rid of the rich people? Oh, they killed them. No, oh. they didn't. It just... It, Vienna used to be a lot of money. It's a smallish country mm. and lots of people who lived there were well off and... Then they started getting immigrants moving into the country and, you know, so there was kind of a new movement happening. But anyway, mm. this this movie, I'm not making sense at all. I realise that. If you like art <laughs> and you want to know more, 
that's why you should go and watch it. Right. Um, because I found it quite fascinating. So with the because I've never seen any of these uh, art on screen things. Oh. How do they? How, so, do they, how do they work? So with this one and with most of them, there's a little bit of history that that gets that you get informed yeah. about. You get a little bit of a biograph, a biograph, I can't talk biography. today, biography of the artist and a little bit of the background that goes towards, you know, how they became the artist they became. Yeah. You also get to see a lot of close-ups of the mo- their most famous paintings. In this particular one, they do this really cool thing where they look th- at the painting through X-ray, which is something they do when they're doing restorative work. Yeah. Um, and they can see the layers of the painting. So often when they do that, they can see what's behind the paint, like oh, Klimt right. has done, um, he started with charcoal. So you can see the charcoal out- outline of like the lips and the face, he's done that first. There's some artists, um, I did a, a exhibition on screen a few months back where the artist didn't use pencil at all. When they went and did the x-ray, he's literally just painted right onto the thing. So all they can see in the background is where the painting has changed a little, where they've put paint on top of more paint. So, and they need to kind of look at that because if they're going to restore it, they need to know what they're, what they can take away and what they can add, um, to restore it. So x-rays are awesome and there's lots of different, like when I was doing all my Van Gogh um, research, they talked about like using ultraviolet light to see the different layers and the kind of paints that were getting used and why the paints were degrading because, you know, he had combined Mm. a, a cheap paint with something else. And yeah, so I find it really fascinating, fascinating and if you like art and you like a bit of history, it's kind of cool and I think being able to see a lot of those pieces of art in real close-up because when you go, I mean, who's going? I'm not going to Vienna anytime soon. Um, and also when you go to these museums, you're not allowed to stand that close. Mm, mm. <laughs> you're not. Um, so it's a good way of getting as close and personal with it as, as possible and then finding out a little bit of the background. So I just I like Klimt's work because it's, so full of colour and he's come right out of, you know, um, Impressionism just before the Art Nouveau period. Mm-hmm. So now I sound like a complete tool, but, you know, that might make sense to some people. But anyway, it is screening next weekend, um, the 4th and 5th of November. So both at Lunar Palace Cinemas and Windsor. So go on to the Lunar Palace Cinemas website to get more information it's really cool. I'm going to go now. Lewis is going to go now. Yes. Um, Quizzy's behind me. He's ready to kif- kick us off um, because we're going to go over time if we don't leave now. Bye, everybody. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.